0: It is Friday! Friday the 13th! Uh oh! January
1: 13th! I'm Scott Satan and I'm AJ Hoffman.
0: Super Wild Card Weekend is here!
1: And I wish you would stop calling it that. Here comes the <laughs> Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas.
0: We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day
1: Super wild card weekend. I need jump on board tomorrow.
0: <laughs> yes, it does. There's coaching news, coaching
1: searching news in the NFL. And BYU nearly pulls off the biggest upset in program history. <laughs> What's the Vegas lead, Scott?
0: I know you're being tongue-in-cheek and making fun of the BYU announcers or the Gonzaga announcers. We'll get to college hoops coming up in a little bit. But first, let's lead off with NFL Super Wild Card Weekend. Uh, It'll kick off tomorrow. The Seahawks and 49ers, Chargers and Jaguars. Then on Sunday, Dolphins, Bills, Giants, Vikings, Ravens, Bengals. And Monday Night Football, which we're going to hold until Monday. We're actually going to do a show on Monday. Yes, I know it's a bank holiday, but we're still going to do a we're show. We're going to be here. We'll be here, and uh, we'll preview the Cowboys-Bucks on Monday morning's show. But for these games that will take place this weekend, the biggest story, AJ, right now is confirmation of quarterbacks not playing.
1: Yeah, and Lamar Jackson went to social media today and basically said, I- I'm still dealing with this issue. Uh, It's I'm not ready to go. Unfortunately, it feels like we all kind of knew that was the case. I I don't think there was anyone who was saying, you know what? I bet Lamar gets out there and guts it out. Well,
0: the line didn't
2: move. So uh, clearly everyone assumed that he wasn't playing. Uh, Well, not everybody's so, you know, up to date, abreast on everything. If you're looking at the beginning of the week, you saw six and a half. Oh, Lamar was playing. That's what everybody thought. If you fell asleep for forty-eight hours, then yeah, everybody knew, but not necessarily everybody.
1: That is true, but the line didn't move on the official announcement. So that would—I mean—that would tell you that when he announced that he wasn't going to be playing, that was already a known thing. Dots like had
2: been made. Yep. Yeah, th- th-
1: there was, and let's face it, it's six and a half even. That's an assumption that he might play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so going to nine and a half says now he will not play. What it doesn't tell us is if that's an Anthony Brown number or a, a, Tyler a Tyler Huntley number, I would lean more toward it being a Huntley number because when it was Anthony Brown, same building being played in same two teams yeah. one week ago, the number was 11 and a half.
0: And Huntley was throwing at practice yesterday. So it's a good sign that he should be able to give it a go coming up here uh, this weekend. So I, I think you're right. This number is a Tyler Huntley number. If we find out prior to kickoff, like we get to, I don't know what time you want to say on Sunday or even Saturday that we find out that it's going to be Anthony Brown. This number does shoot up closer to the 11 that we saw last week.
1: That's why I think, you know, I think there's still a little bit of value in the number right now. If you think there's a chance that Tyler Huntley's not 100%. Well, what
0: you should do is you should have the Bengals in your seven-point teasers. I agree with that. Because any higher and you lose out. If this thing goes to 10, you're cooked. But at 9.5, you can get it down to 2.5. So you got to put it in now because if you anticipate any move going up for the
1: Bengals, you lose out on any teaser value. Is that what you did? Yeah. Oh, you're so sharp. Not as sharp as me, who got the Bengals at minus seven. Yeah, but no, still pretty no. sharp. Well, I know. got the Bengals at minus two and a half, so I'm sharper than you. <laughs> I just, I just, I just have a little juice on it. Yeah, you got, but it's that's all right. Uh, yeah, this is first of all, I, the Ravens defense. It's it almost feels like we're insulting them by pretending like this shouldn't even be a game. I agree. They have been phenomenal. The offense is just so bad without Lamar. The weeks that Lamar played, the Ravens were fifth. In offensive DVOA, they are 23rd without him. Their offense ranks behind the New England Patriots, the Denver Broncos, and the L.A. Rams. Mm -hmm. All offenses that we have made fun of at different points this season. That's where the Ravens are.
0: But if if I told you the Ravens defense played well, and this was a close game, and the Bengals win 21-17,
1: 24-20, something like that. That would be, I think. I, I think you'd have to have, I think to get to that number, I think they'd have, to have, they'd have to have given up a defensive touchdown.
0: Whatever it is, I'm just saying, if that winds up being the score and it winds up being a close game, I think that would be fifth out of sixth on the list of surprising outcomes this weekend. You know, like I, I would not be surprised if the Bengals
1: defense, uh, excuse me, the Ravens defense stepped up and made this a close game. I think I would be. Because that would also require the Bengals defense not to be showing up, mm-hmm. and I, the Bengals defense, I think, is very underrated. Uh, so it, it, I think it would take a really bad, like even if the if the the Ravens defense balls out and they slow down the Bengals offense, which is obviously mm-hmm. very good, the 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 other side of that ball. If we say those two are even, which I think you could argue they're close to even, it's close to a wash. The Bengals' defense is so much stronger than the Ravens' offense. They should be able to to get some separation at some point.
0: Let's let's do this for a minute here. Talk about the surprise rankings. That's what I want to talk about here. My order would be, and I'm going from most surprising outcome to least surprising outcome. Okay? The most surprising outcome to me this weekend would be a Seahawks win over the 49ers. That's my number one most surprising thing.
2: More surprising than Miami.
0: I think that, that is correct, sir. No, Even I, though the
1: Bills are a higher favorite, I'd be more shocked if the Seahawks beat the 49ers. I would be more surprised if a third string quarterback beat Josh Allen than if Geno Smith beat a third string quarterback. I think it's Miami number one, is uh the the Seahawks number two. One and one A. I'm. I'm still. Where, where do you fall, McKenzie? You're you're Mr. Niners here. What's the uh, what's the truth? The Vegas truth.
2: I'll go back. to You can have your opinions, but to buck four and a half points or four points from the Vegas market, you got to have a pretty strong opinion. I don't have that strong of opinion. The Bills, in my opinion, clearly most likely to advance to the division.
0: Already. All right, fine. So those would be two really surprising outcomes. I think the third on the list. I think you just go in order of point spreads. Uh, Ravens beating the Bengals and then I would say, honestly, what I'm trying to get at here is a Bucks win over the Cowboys or a Giants win over the Vikings doesn't surprise me at all. In fact, I'm picking those two upsets to happen. I think that's reasonable. Um, that Jaguars-Chargers Jaguars that... game is so much variance to me. I think that that's honestly like... You flip a coin ten times, five times the Jaguars are going to win, five times the Chargers are going to win.
1: I, th- I mean, honestly, I think that about all three of those games. I, I really do think all three of those games are kind of coin flippy type of games. Um, I think that there are some some matchups that I like in the Chargers game. I, I like the the Chargers defense against the Jags offense, and I like the, I, I like that the Jags are awful against the pass, and that's basically all the Chargers do. Um, The Giants, Minnesota. I don't know why that game will be any different than the first game that got played. It's the same. I don't think it will be the same two teams. I I think I think the Giants will be better. They they had a little bit of a week of rest. Yeah, starters not playing. I mean, Minnesota did some of that too. Um, and then Dallas and Tampa. I I mean, that one is certainly going to look different from their first matchup. But both these teams are just not. They're they're, neither one is playing well. The difference is, I saw Dallas at some point this year play really well. I haven't seen Tampa play well since, like, week two. <laughs> so I, I don't have a good feel for for Tampa. Um, I'm not really looking to fade Tom Brady in the playoffs, especially with a, a Mike McCarthy-led team on the other side. There's like, wait a minute, Mike McCarthy loses in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady wins in the playoffs. <laughs> so it's hard for me to, to get my brain out of that mode.
0: All right. Well, let's uh, go and, and let's talk about uh, the Seahawks 49ers.
1: Uh, he- <laughs> McKenzie just posted that Brady's won 13 of his last 15 playoff games. It's pretty good. And now he's catching points at home. It's pretty
0: good. Uh, yeah. More on that game on Monday, but yeah. I'm already I, I'm already invested in the, the box, and I think they win the game outright. Uh, Seahawks 49ers. Can you lay the wood with San Francisco?
1: I think you can. Um, I, I think that there are some some real flaws in this Seahawks team, particularly in this matchup. And it it wasn't that long ago. I, I mean, what's the, what's been the uh, the run of Shanahan getting back at Pete Carroll? Because early on, Pete Carroll was kind of controlling this series.
2: And I, Shanahan's just started kicking his ass. Like, he's at least, is it at least back to even now, McKenzie? Six and six ATS, four and eight straight up. Two dominant wins this year, though.
1: Yeah. And really, in both those wins this year for the 49ers, you could make a case that things weren't lined up for them to have a good game. In the first game, the Niners lost their starting quarterback on the second drive of the game. He's yeah. out for the season. Yeah. They They didn't have George Kittle in that game. No, I think the better, the better.
0: Comparison is this week 15 game. In the week 15 game, the 49ers dominated. Seattle had six points until a garbage time score. Brock Purdy, 17 of 26, 211 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. They they they, they dominated them.
1: Well, Brock Purdy was making his second start yeah. on a short week Yeah, where I, I was reading this. That Kyle Shanahan said we're only having one practice this week because getting healthy is more important than preparing for this game right now which is like a a crazy thing. like That just tells you how bad of health your team has Mm -hmm. to be in to just say, you know what, we're only going to practice once this week. And it was
2: Purdy. It was Purdy and his oblique injury. That was the main concern. He didn't throw that week until in the hotel room hours before the game.
1: Think about that. A guy's about to make his second start in his career, and they're like, hey – you're not practicing this week. <laughs> Rest up, buddy. What? Be ready. Uh, but they were still dominant, and they, they won by eight as a three-point favorite. But They, they also really...
2: kneeled down on the one. It was one of the most deceiving yes. three-point wins you can have.
1: Yep. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, 138 total yards. Mm-hmm. George Kittle, four catches, 93 yards, two touchdowns. The Seahawks cannot defend tight ends, uh, and Kittle has been a favorite of Brock Purdy, uh, particularly in the red zone. Seven touchdown catches in the last four games for George Kittle. Niners are 8-1 and one straight up, 7-2 and two ATS at home. The, the one loss was to Kansas City. The only game that wasn't a double-digit win was the Chargers. And since week eight, when the, when the Niners started this crazy winning streak that they're on, they are the number one team in offensive DVOA and defensive DVOA. I remember early in the season – we were like, man, the Bills. No, when's <laughs> the last time we saw a team that was number one in both, and they were number one in both up until like week five or six. But in the in the entire second half of the season, the 49ers have been the best team on both sides of the ball. And I just think that I think this Seahawks team is is a phony playoff team. I, and I I don't mean that in like a uh, I, I don't mean I don't, I don't know how I mean it. I I, I just think there's some teams that it, it's a nice story. But once it's like TCU in the playoff or Cincinnati last year in the playoff, the college football playoff, it's like, it's a cool story, but we know what happens when Cincinnati plays Alabama. Yeah. Cool story, Seattle. But we know what happens when you play the 49ers Mm -hmm. who I'm going to keep saying it until they're out. The best team in the NFC, the best team in the NFC with a third string quarterback. I think the Niners are one of the most incredible stories of this season. By the way, uh, that week 15 matchup was the first week of the fantasy football playoffs And
0: I was the three seed in my league, so I did not get the first round bye. I played the sixth seed, who had George Kittle. Eliminated. And I was
1: eliminated. 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 Well, you shouldn't have started the Seahawks defense. That was on you. It
0: wasn't wasn't (laughs) about that. It was about George Kittle going uh, absolutely ham.
1: Last two matchups for George Kittle with the Seahawks. Averaging six and a half catches. And 137 yards per game to go along with two touchdowns per game. Oh, by the way. I think there's a lot of ways to get at George Kittle props in this game.
0: I like that. You gave that out yesterday on this show. And uh, as we move on to our next game, that'll bring me also back to that fantasy matchup that I lost. I could have won because the last game of the week was my quarterback playing. Joe Burrow? No. (laughs) In week 15, There was a, uh, not the last game of the week, but it was an afternoon game. Justin Herbert against the Tennessee Titans Mm -hmm. threw for 313 yards, zero touchdowns, and two interceptions. Chargers win by a field goal. That Chargers team cannot play that way against this Jaguars team on Saturday night. It's funny that, that
1: you say it like that because d- did the Chargers lose that game? They won on a last second dicker the kicker field goal. <sighs> okay. I mean, it, 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 it's funny that it's like, well, Justin, and I remember hearing after that game, well, Justin Herbert didn't throw any touchdowns. But I mean, the, the defense held a team. That, at that point, remember w- w- who was like kind of the, the part of the Chargers that was looked at as like the flaw was the defense. Yeah. And that was like start a start of the run where the Chargers' defense was dominating, and then after the game, people were like, "Well, the defense finally looked great, but this offense." Yeah, and it's like they can't what? play like
0: this. And, and
1: what? do you got to do? Gotta do? Uh, it, this is the other thing. I would imagine that, I mean, just so far this season, the Jags' defense is not going to be the Titans' defense, uh, and the 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 Jags' defense is dreadful, dreadful against the pass. They are dreadful when it comes to stopping running backs from catching passes. They are second to last in most receptions allowed, second to last in receiving yards allowed. Austin Eckler, number one in every receiving category for running backs. I think he has a big day in this game. Uh, And then the Chargers in the second half of the season are the number two defense against the pass. They are and the Chargers defense, what people will say, well, you can run on them. You can mm-hmm. run. That's by design. Like they they say, yeah, we know you can run on us. We dare you to run. We're gonna throw with Justin Herbert. You keep running the ball, and we'll see who has more points at the end of the day. The Chargers feel confident in that. And I, I think I trust Justin Herbert more at this point than I trust Trevor Lawrence.
0: So, Although I hate the coaching matchup yeah, yeah. for the Chargers. So these two teams played in week three. Trevor Lawrence, 262 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He had a rating of 115.5. Justin Herbert, 297 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. He was hurt in this game. This was the game after. The game after he, after he busted his ribs. The, the rib injury. But Austin Eckler, the, the
1: game that he he didn't practice all week, we didn't know if he was going to play. He's
0: like a game time yes, decision. Yes, Eckler only four carries for five yards. Sony Michelle had five carries for twenty two yards. Eckler did catch eight passes though for forty eight yards, which kind of makes me look at Eckler not as a yardage prop in this game, but as a receptions prop in this game.
1: I think that's probably fair. I I think either way, you you want nothing to do with any rushing props for the for the uh, the Chargers because. They they might run the ball ten times in the game. They don't, they don't care. Uh, they they're not worried about running, and they want you to run. They yeah. hope that you run the ball. And uh, you know, in that game, the Jags ran it thirty six times. Yeah. Well, James and,
0: Robinson seventeen for hundred and a touchdown. But he's do you think not James on the Robinson's team anymore. In, oh,
1: so he won't do that again. No. Oh, okay. But Etn had Etn
0: playing up, better yes. at that point too. Yeah. Yeah. He he had uh, thirteen carries for forty five yards. He was just coming back off the injury, and um was but that Etn
2: less of a bruiser, less of an inside runner, probably not. Hitting the Chargers in their vulnerable spot as much. That is true. Agreed. And also
1: remember, there was no Keenan Allen in that game, and Mike Williams got hurt early in that game. So they were without both their receivers for most of Mm -hmm. that game. It was a lot of Josh Palmer and DeAndre Carter. Yeah,
0: so it's going to be a much different uh, story here. Uh, I'll be honest. uh, I, I mean, I've played the Jaguars up on a teaser just because I think this is a close game on either side and if you would have told me that the Chargers were two and a half point dogs I would have teased the Chargers up.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, to me any which is funny that any Wong
0: like, teaser in this
1: game is the right play. It's funny you say that because this game to me of all the games on the board feels like it could have the most variance. Like I it would shock it wouldn't shock me at all if the Jags won this game by two touchdowns it wouldn't shock me if the Chargers won it by two touchdowns. Like that's that's what worries me mm. with with in this game because I think whoever's hotter on offense this game is going to win.
0: I don't know. It's Saturday night on NBC. They don't want to blow out. It's going to be a close game.
1: Okay. Yeah. They want want to keep people interested. You think they want the Jags to make it to the next round of the playoffs? Trevor Lawrence is an incredible story. No. Justin Herbert's the story. Look at that guy.
0: Yeah, people don't like Brandon Staley. I don't care. The Chargers are secretly hoping – that they lose this game so they can fire Brandon Staley and hire Sean Payton. I'll say this right now. <laughs> I'm not going to give that
1: up, Mackenzie. I believe I, I, be- I believe this, and if the, if the Chargers advance, I'm going to say it next week when they're an underdog to Kansas City, the Chargers' draw is ideal to get two yes. teams that are pass-heavy teams. I, I, I
0: agree with that because – their style of play can certainly beat the Jaguars, and they are more familiar than the, with the Chiefs than anybody.
1: They've had a lead on the Chiefs in the last minute of both yeah. these, both their games this year. They lost yeah. both games by a field goal. Mm-hmm. They match up very well against the Chiefs. I know nobody likes to think that because no one can say anything bad about the Chiefs. The Chiefs don't ever cover, and everybody just kisses their ass all the time. Yeah, Uh, but then good luck for the Chargers then going up to Buffalo for the AFC Championship game. That might be – that's a different story. But they've got a couple good matchups ahead of them is all I'm
0: saying. All right, let's talk about those Buffalo Bills on Sunday. Hosting the Dolphins, Skylar Thompson, likely the quarterback for Miami. Spread is up
1: to 13 and a half. (sighs) Take me back to – A couple days ago, when I was like, why aren't we betting the Bills minus nine? How is this not a good bet? I gotta be honest,
0: I'm an idiot. I gotta be honest with you, I still think 13 and a half is a good bet. I, it is, it's not as good of a bet as mine is not a good bet, but I, I, (laughs) I, I I don't see why. And I brought this up uh, on yesterday's SOVN. Why is this game going to be different than last year's wildcard playoff game when the Bills said, hey, we're in the playoffs and they absolutely demolished? The New England Patriots.
1: My concern the, – the difference, I would say, is the Bills seem to be a very bad matchup problem for the Patriots. Like, the Bills the, – in the post-Brady era, it has been one-way traffic with the exception of, like, the the insane wind game mm-hmm. where they, the Patriots threw it, what, two or three times yep. in the whole game. Uh, other than that, it's been all just straight ass kickings by the Bills. The Dolphins play the Bills tough. They played the Bills tough the last time they played – but this is Skylar Thompson. That was Tua. And this is Skylar Thompson. And it's also Skyler Thompson hobbled. And he's got Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell out there, hobbled. Uh I, I don't like this matchup for the Dolphins. McKenzie says Josh Allen, 56 rushing yards per game in 10 career games against Miami, 62 mm. per game this year. What's his prop at right 50 now, Matt? 50, 50 and a, and a half. half? Boy. And we know. The playoffs, but here's the here's the only thing. If they're up, if it's a big, if they're if they're blowing them out, it might not happen. You know what I would like? Can you find me a prop for his longest carry?
2: Yeah, I bet it's out there
1: because that's like I could see him running early and
0: having success. Gets a you know a twelve yard carry. You know, you know he's running for a first down. He's going to run and, for a first down. It's over under
2: 16 and a half. Ooh, that's, well, that's a long run. Get that forty yarder to end the game against the Dolphins in the snow. We'll see. Yeah. So I, his, I long, his
0: longs this year, uh, starting with week one, 13, 10, 19, 20, 21, 16, 20. 19 was versus Miami. 36, 25, 6, 21, 8, 16, 44, 15, 7. So he's gone over this number in 1,
1: 2, 3,
0: 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 games this
1: year. Here's my question. How many of those games that he went over were close games? Because my guess is he's more likely. The Miami game was close. The Detroit game was close.
0: The Minnesota game was close. The Jets game was close. The Green Bay game, 10-point game but still close. The Kansas City game was close. The only one he had a 20. the, The Baltimore game was close. The My first Miami game was close. The only one, it was a 21-yard long, uh, was his long rush of the game. That the was against the Steelers. Yeah. It was a 38-3 game. They, had, they got whatever they wanted in that game. Yeah. McKenzie,
2: over, one, y- one and a half yards over his prop. I remember that well,
0: unfortunately. Yeah. So no, McKenzie, every I- other game that he's had a long run. It has been a close game,
1: Mackenzie. I feel like when I said I bet he only had those big runs in the close games, I felt like RJ. <laughs> like I just, I saw something. without seeing high. it, yeah, it and it lie. worked out. That felt good, honestly. Like, I, like, like, like you wouldn't have asked it if you didn't know the answer already. But I didn't know the yeah. answer. But, but in did. my, but in you, my mind, knew I did the answer. I knew it had to be so. You didn't have it in front of you, but you knew it. Oh, that feels really good. I want to soak that in for a second. Okay, hold it. on. Yeah, you, you, you can, you can, you <laughs> can yeah. acknowledge it. Yeah, that was good. All right, all right. Good job. So, <laughs> I might play under Josh Allen longest run in this game because of that. Ooh. Because I don't think this is a close game. And if he if You don't think it's a close game either. You said no. 13 and a half is a good bet. Yeah, I agree. There. Why does like Josh Allen need to break off a big run? Yeah, why does he need to play in the
0: fourth quarter? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's
2: the familiarity where teams can kind of guard against the pass a little bit more because they have the familiarity. Allen's like, okay, well, here's my second option. I've seen it a lot against the Dolphins. I don't know. But I've also
1: I've also seen seen teams who said we don't need to run against the Dolphins because we can get whatever we want throwing the ball, and that's an that's an option as well. But so. not
2: Buffalo in two games.
1: No, not Buffalo. They have not. Right, Giants, Vikings. Vikings
0: a three point favorite. Not moving off of that line. I don't think it'll move. And an inch. I don't think. It, yeah, you're right. Because the minute this thing goes to three and a half, Giants get hammered. If the minute I, it goes to two and a half,
1: Vikings get hammered. If I were to make a wager that any of these games, uh, this well, this is a stupid wager because it's the most obvious that any of these games landed directly on the number, it would be this one. Um, well, that's what the last game did. Yeah, I, I think this is a three-point Vikings win. I, I think that this there's going to be a whole lot of talk about this game, and it's going to be a push because yeah. that's what these teams are. They're about the same team. The Vikings have a good home field advantage. It feels like a Vikings minus three kind I, of game. I, I just
0: don't see how this game is any different than the one that we saw a couple of weeks ago. Daniel Jones threw for 334 yards in that game and a touchdown and an interception. Saquon Barkley did his thing with 84 yards. Here's what I would like to know, McKenzie. What's Daniel Jones's rushing prop for this game? Because that is a prop I'd like to play. Daniel Jones in the last time they played had four carries for 34 yards with a long of 14. Over know, under
2: 40 and a half is his rushing prop.
0: Mm, he's gone over that number zero times this year. So they posted the highest number. No- I mean,
2: really? Boy. Man, I know quarterbacks are am good. I'm, 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 s- I'm sorry. I'm, I'm
0: sorry. I'm looking at his long rush. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, okay. okay. I was like, wow, so, that's a crazy number. Yeah. 40, he's gone over one, two, three, four, five, six times. He's gone over 40.
2: And his long rush prop is over under 14 and a half, just to the under minus 125.
0: He's gone over 14 and a half. One, two, three, four, five, six times. Same playoffs, amount of times. Baby. It is the playoffs. And in that game that they needed to, you know, that they um, needed to beat Indy to clinch the playoff spot, mm-hmm.
1: Daniel Jones, 11 carries, 91 yards, and two touchdowns. Here's another thing to look at in that game longest field goal prop. Especially when this game's going to be tight and teams are. Oh, hit, right? I love this because the, the Giants kicked a 55-yarder in yeah. that game, and Greg Joseph kicked a 61-yarder at the buzzer. Yeah, Geno is solid to win it. So I think I, I think both of these teams are going to take their chances, kick these long field goals because they, they in a game that's lined this tight, they know every point counts. These teams have played before, and, they and, know every and point counts, and you know counts.
0: Brian Dayball trusts his defense. So if it gets to a chance where it's a 55-yarder for 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 Graham Gano. He's going to let him try and kick it. Um, Gno's long this year is, I think it's fifty. Oh, 57 at Dallas. He had 56 at home against Carolina. Weather's good at that point in September. Same thing, a 51-yarder at home against Dallas. Weather's good at that point. 57 at Dallas, 55 at Minnesota. What's the What's We the showing longest, a
2: number for that, Mac? The longest over, field goal. under ball. 46 and a half Giants. Back. Oh,
0: come on. It's definitely going over.
2: It's the only game indoors, well, too. Well, let me give you more details. Maybe it'll change your opinion. Minus 130 to the over. Some money coming in on the I over don't care. 46 and a half. I'll take good, it. It's I don't good. care.
1: I like that. Yeah, I, I like that quite a bit, I'm kind actually. of
2: worried about the weather in Minnesota. the, juice, the only place you don't have to worry the about the weather. The juice is
1: worth the good squeeze point. in this one. The, yeah, it's the only game this week being played indoors I, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to make that play, friends. Let's do it. Over 47 and a half, longest field goal. 46 and a half, right?
2: 46, yeah. only 46 and, a
1: 46 half. and a half,
0: longest field goal. Giants and Vikings take it to the house. This is going to be a 3 nothing game. This need to be a long <laughs> kick. First possession of the game you're winning this game. <laughs> you might. Let's talk about the Sunday night game. Ravens, Bengals, no Lamar Jackson. We already talked about the possibility of Tyler Huntley. We already talked about the the way that the Ravens' defense has already played. So just real quick, sum up your thoughts. Uh, any way
1: you see the Ravens winning this game? I can't imagine it. And it, it's funny how it works. It, like, I'm, I'm looking at Miami, and I'm looking at Baltimore, and it's like there's things that – points in this season where you could have said, man, this might be the best team in the AFC. I remember there was a time when people legit thought Miami was like the best team mm-hmm. in the AFC, which is insane in hindsight. But there was a run where people were like, yeah, they're, they're incredible. Baltimore's been right there all season long. But when you take away their quarterbacks, and you wouldn't have thought this about Tua coming into the season, but clearly he's, he means a lot to that team. And Lamar, it's obvious because it was obvious last year. They they were on their way to be in the one seed Lamar gets hurt, they miss the playoffs. This guy is incredibly valuable to this team. It's it's just it's almost impossible, no matter how good their defense plays, for me to see them going on to the next round.
0: What is McKenzie the receiving props for the Bengals? One second. Let's see who who do we like here because I I feel like T. Higgins is gonna get involved in this game. I think the Bengals, I think the Ravens are going to go out there and, and try and shut down Chase. And then it's going to be up to, you know, Boyd and Higgins to to do the dirty work for Joe Burrow.
2: So Chase is at 76.5. Okay. And Higgins, 61.5. Those Ooh, are the big not, two. Not
1: that far Drops off. Drops down
2: to Hayden Hurst at
1: 31.5. I'd almost play Hayden Hurst under because that's the, the strength of this Ravens team is their linebacking core. And that's who's been, that's who basically wiped him out of the game plan last week. Uh, I would not be interested in Hayden Hurst overs. Boy, I'm you're thinking Higgins, Scott. I'm thinking Higgins or Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd, Boyd 33 uh, and a half. Boyd's Much more, 30, more palatable
0: number. So Boyd's gone over thirty three and a half. One, two, and a half. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times this season. That's a lot. Yeah. Ten times this season. Last week against the Ravens, five catches for 51 yards. Uh, Earlier, against the Ravens, three catches, 32 yards. So they're just probably just splitting the difference there. But, yeah. Hmm. Against Pittsburgh, if you want to look at comparable division games, two catches, 42 yards, and four catches, 33 yards. Against Cleveland, three catches, 38 yards. And another game, I guess he got hurt because zero catches, nothing.
2: Wasn't involved. So Joe Burrow passing prop last week it was two fifty five and a half. This week it's two sixty eight and a half. Generally lower line quarterbacks got to pass for more yards, so that's a little bit dropping the line. See that thirteen yard pop up in the in the it, passing yard. Prop. And you
1: know what? Here's why I would because he didn't he didn't hit that prop last week. Two fifteen I mean, last week. Yep. Yeah. Here's why I like him more. I mean, you'd think well he he missed the prop last week. Why would it be higher this week? I think the Ravens pulled off the gas in that game last week. They mm-hmm. got out to a huge halftime lead. They sat on the ball. It the was, Bengals, you mean, pulled yeah, off the excuse gas. Me, yeah. the Ravens, or the Bengals. The Bengals did not run their offense in the second half. Let the Ravens back in the game, kind yeah. of. I, in the playoffs, I don't think anybody takes their foot off the gas. I think if you're up 20 at halftime, you're trying to be up 32 or 34 when, when you get to the, thir- the fourth quarter. So, Let's
0: also acknowledge that this is going to be the last home game for the Cincinnati Bengals. So... Maybe, well, I guess if they beat Buffalo, if the Bills, if the Bills lose to the the AFC Championship, if if the
1: Bills lose to the Dolphins,
0: that's true, and they could play. You're right; they could play the Chargers in the AFC Championship. Yeah, a lot could happen. A lot could happen, but I think they put on a show in front of their fans, and uh, Joe Cool continues his winning ways and puts up a big effort.
1: My concern with the Bengals is, and this is the concern going to the playoffs last year, and it it didn't cost them until the Super Bowl, and when it cost them big time. Their offensive line is still not good. They're still bad when it comes to pass protection. Um, I I don't know if the Ravens can punish them, but I think at some point they get punished for that.
0: Let's get you caught up on some NFL news and notes as we head into the Super Wild Card weekend. Stop calling it that. No, I'm not. You did it to start the show. As a joke. Uh, The Patriots sent out an interesting memo, a press release, that they're going to look for an offensive coordinator but that they're
1: also talking to their very own Gerard Mayo. What it would, it, to be maybe to be the offensive coordinator? How, no. how funny
0: would that be? <laughs> just just they already did it with Matt Patricia. Yeah, George, yeah I, just, I, just take
1: unqualified I, offensive coordinators. I mean, let's okay. Let's start with that. It, it's oh, this is one of the few times I feel like Bill Belichick has kind of admitted that he was wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, and I give him credit for that because it, typically he strikes me as the kind of guy who, even if he's wrong, he's going to say, no, I, I, I'm pretty sure I did the right thing. if it, Probability it, it'll work out next time, whatever. But I, most sensible people said it doesn't seem smart to go into the season with like a second year quarterback and no offensive coordinator to call plays yeah. other than a special teams coach and a defensive coach. Yep. And it turned out the Patriots had an awful season offensively. I don't think it's a coincidence. So kudos to, to Belichick for saying, yeah, we got to go fix that. As far as Gerard Mayo goes, it, it's interesting mostly because he's a hot name. And now the, the Patriots are in a situation where they're going to have to do something to keep him around because people want him to be their D.C. It, they don't. The, the Patriots don't want to lose him. So what do you do? Do you pay, you pay your linebackers coach D.C. money? You make him the DC. You I make mean, it's him just the, the title. Yeah,
0: because Belichick's because Belichick's the defensive coordinator. Yeah, so you just you just give him the title and you give him a pay raise, and Man. then it helps him to get a job. But then again, like doesn't doesn't Stephen Belichick call the defense?
1: I was going to say I, I think he he technically uh, Steve Belichick is the defensive coordinator. Yeah,
0: so I don't know what you do, I, I but guess maybe not.
1: He's it's, he's listed as the linebackers coach. That's too. what I'm
0: saying. But like, I, doesn't he call the defense? Not Bill. So. Maybe you yeah, maybe you just make Gerard Mayo this is one of those cases where you have to promote him and pay him so you don't lose him. I think that's what
1: it is here. I I think that's the case. If he's really important to you, you do it, which is funny because Bill Belichick has never wanted to do that when it comes to players.
0: No, but, but he does it with coaches, he did it with McDaniels for yeah. years, you know. So it's like you 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 don't want to lose him because Gerard Mayo can have a job with any team he wants. Sure. It, oh, there's a lot of teams. Well, maybe not any team he wants, but there's a lot of teams that are that are interested in him to be the defensive coordinator. So, if you want to keep him, you can promote him, pay him, whatever. Uh, I think the more interesting hire is going to be who Belichick brings in to be the offensive coordinator. Obviously, the slam dunk hire that everybody in New England's talking about is Bill O'Brien. Do does Bill O'Brien leave Nick Saban and come back to the NFL and call plays for Belichick?
1: I think Bill O'Brien wants to be in the NFL. Uh, and I, it would not shock me if he did that. I think it, it, he's already repaired his image enough uh-huh. that he can get back to being an OC under Bill Belichick, and we see this with every coordinator that, co- that coaches under Belichick. Yep. You're going to get a chance somewhere. You're going to have success, and you'll get a chance somewhere.
0: Yeah, spent four years under Belichick, obviously already. The
1: difference him. is the first time he did it.
0: Yeah, Tom Brady. He had
1: Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's real easy to look good when you got Tom Brady. Although you I think what? it's this, more difficult this, when you don't. The relationship between Saban
0: and Belichick is just it's incredible. Where in, he probably learned some stuff, you know, from Saban this year that he can take back yeah. to Bill. And I, I I just think it's a match it's a perfect match for um for 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 Bill O'Brien to go back to New England. If it's not him, I don't know who else they're going to hire. I don't know what other names are out there that are attractive enough for Bill Belichick to bring in.
1: well that that's uh, one of many big coaching questions that will need to be answered. There's also some personnel questions that need to be answered. What's going to happen to Derek Carr is one that's really interesting to me. Derek Carr has a no-trade clause. Mm-hmm. Although he said goodbye. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you're Derek Carr, do you say goodbye and then waive your no-trade clause? Or do you say goodbye, force the Raiders to cut you so you can pick where you play and your new team doesn't have to give up draft picks for you? Then that's the, yeah, you ask, you ask for the team to release you. That's the move, but Ian Rappaport said yesterday the Raiders will begin the process of evaluating the trade market for Derek Carr as they prepare for a decision on their QB of the future. This points to the possibility of Carr, who holds a no-trade clause and will be part of the process, leaving the organization. I think that's the obvious thing. I don't think they want it to be ugly.
0: They're going to work with Derek Carr. The, The thing is, who would Derek Carr say no to?
1: I'm saying, if you're, what do you, if you're Derek Carr and you're going to a new team, don't you want that team to have? Do you want them to give up first round draft picks, or do you want that team to be strong? He, he, uh, the first round draft picks aren't going to be around when Derek Carr's with the team, anyway. You know, I just I disagree with that. Like, I I mean Derek Carr's like you assume he's going to be there for at least two or three more years. Yeah, so I, I think a first round pick in like twenty twenty six. I just say being traded. No, you can cut me and pay me my money, yeah. and I'll go sign with a team. It, like it, that's what makes sense to me, McKenzie. You, do you feel differently? Like if you're in are if you're in Derek Carr's shoes, that's I think the move, these right?
2: Machiavellian moves are harder than you think. I feel like the Raiders would be like, okay, well, I guess we're just going to keep you as a backup. Yeah, it's exactly. be Terrible for both of us. And but that, okay. that's, that's fine. I mean, and sure. But you're paying him a lot of money to be a backup. Yeah, and you're just not going to be, you know, you're not going to have your, you're, you're not going to be forced to cut a guy for nothing. I don't think they're going to do that.
0: And I wh- think they'll trade him. And the thing is, I don't think they'll get a first-round pick for him. No, he's 32-year-old exactly. average quarterback. It's going to be like a third and a sixth. Plus, you got to pay him. So, no, you're not going to get a first-round pick for Derek Carr. I think
1: you'd get a first-round pick for Derek Carr.
2: Bullshit. There's no no one. What team they're, is giving up you a Jets fan, right? With the Jets, Jets. Would they trade a first-round pick for
1: him No. Well, the Jets are dumb, there man. You, you don't need a first-round
2: yeah. pick. You don't.
0: Trade. I, I'll give you a third and a sixth. I'll give you a
1: third and a fifth. No thanks. You, you go back with Zach Wilson. See how you do this year.
0: Let's look at the la- <laughs> last. Let's look at the last quarterback trades.
1: Okay, can we? Can we, Mackenzie? Can you bring up yeah. like the quarterback trades, the most recent ones? While he does that, we'll give you the odds on Derek Carr's next team. The Jets are the favorites at plus two fifty. Colts plus three twenty five. The Commandos, Panthers, and Saints all nine to one. Bucks, Packers, and Titans ten to one. Falcons and Patriots 12 to 1, Texans 18 to 1. You can take that off the board. It won't be the Texans. So,
0: so Jets owner Woody Johnson came out yesterday and said that he's willing to pay for a quarterback. Right? That that's the missing piece on this team is the quarterback and he'll pay. His exact quote was when he was asked by a small group of media if he's going to spend buck big bucks on a veteran. Quote, absolutely. We've got a cap, so there's an amount you can spend, but yeah, That's kind of the missing piece. And then he goes on to say, uh, this team is loaded and ready to go. Our defense was an unbelievable story. You saw this year from last place to close to the top in defense in terms of every measurable. If you can do the same thing on offense, it looks pretty good, right? It does look pretty good, Woody. And so you have Jimmy Garoppolo available. You have Derek Carr available. We don't know about Lamar Jackson. We don't know about Tom Brady. Recent quarterback trades, Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson got first-round picks. Multiple first-round picks. Okay. Derek Carr is not Russell Wilson. Well, maybe after mm. this year. That's right. Uh, and certainly not Deshaun Watson.
1: Deshaun Watson had sexual assault charges looming over his head at the time the Browns traded for him. I understand, but look at the forget about, forget about off the How can you forget about, they said, you know what, we know you've got sexual assault charges lingering. We're going to give up multiple first round picks anyway.
0: If we're just talking about value of the football player, Deshaun Watson was a top five quarterback when he was playing.
2: Right, as insane as it might have been, we can understand why they would say, okay, let's just not look at that and think about this. With Derek Carr, it's hard to say, okay, well, he's going to be, a first round pick, he's going to be, you know, the franchise quarterback. It's just harder to say that than it is for Watson, even if he's a more valuable asset. You know, so in hindsight.
0: the Commanders giving up a second and a seventh for Carson Wentz, Derek Carr is so much better than Carson Wentz. I agree with you. I think that it's between that and the third rounder that the Col- they get for Matt Ryan that they gave the uh, the, the the Falcons. So I'm you think you,
1: Derek Carr's value falls between Carson Wentz last
0: year and Matt Ryan last year? I think that I said third and a sixth. I'll, I'll go to a second
2: and a fifth. I, I that
1: think, gets it done. I think he's worth a clean first round. That gets it done. I just watched. He's the, one of the he's listen, one of the fifteen best quarterbacks in the league. Do you think
2: the quarterback market has soured because of how bad the Wilson trade, how bad the Watson trade was? Maybe. I, th- it, I think li- yes. Where teams are less likely to trade picks for a quarter. Listen, I, I, just, yes. I
0: just watched a video of the, uh, what was it, 2004 draft, the Eli Manning, Philip Rivers, and Ben Roethlisberger, and I watched a clip about, you know, Ernie Acorsi and, and his dealings with, uh, who was the Chargers GM at the time? Was it A.J. Uh, Preller at the time? Mm, I don't uh, know. Anyway, uh, so it was how Ernie Acorsi basically worked that deal. And he was like, oh, I'm not going to give up this, I'm not going to give up this, all this stuff. Uh, oh, by the way, no, A.J. Preller was A.J. The, Smith? W- Aj, yeah, Aj Pro was the char- the the Padres. I'm still thinking San Diego, but I know my Aj
2: Hoffman, right? No, not me. <laughs> yeah.
0: I was, I wish. Aj Pro was the San Diego Padres general manager. Hey, at least I know my San Diego. I would be sitting GMs. here
2: with you guys
1: arguing about Derek Carr's. <laughs> about but anyway,
0: it was interesting, like to look at how a general manager goes through the process of negotiating trades. They're not just going to make their team worse to bring in a, a, a short term, you know, player. So to think that a team's going to sacrifice. First round picks for Derek Carr? When you can draft a quarterback? When you could use those first round picks to move up
1: in the draft to get a quarterback? Like what would Derek a- Carr is a top fifteen quarterback in the league. The Jets just used the number two pick in the draft on a quarterback. Yes. who's happier? Who's happier? Would they what? would they be happier with Derek Carr or Zach Wilson? Well, they'd be happier with Derek Carr because when you draft someone, you have no fucking idea if they're going to be good. But would
0: you be Would you be happier? With Bryce Young or C Bryce Young or C J Stroud or Derek Carr,
1: depends on what my team situation. If I'm the Texans, Bryce Young or C J Stroud. I'm just. Uh, it, if I'm a team that's actually like feels like we've got a chance to do something next year, like the Colts felt this year, like the Jets feel next year, I want someone who I know is like there's a, a basement of what they are. I'd rather trade a first
0: round pick and get Jimmy Garoppolo
2: than Derek Carr. Yeah. <laughs> By the I, way, Jets starting quarterback favorite Derek Carr, second favorite Jimmy Garoppolo. I
1: can't. I can't disagree more. I, I like.
2: I think Jimmy Garoppolo is. It, I I agree that Jimmy Garoppolo is great
1: for a team that's in a good situation. Mm-hmm. Like that is a quarterback away because I think Jimmy Garoppolo's. I mean, he was obviously a great fit for the Niners.
2: But and I, they have the same uh, offensive. Co- oh, never mind. Never mind. No. <laughs> yeah. But
1: I, but I think if you said Niners, who gives us a better chance of winning a Super Bowl? I think nine, most Niners fans and, and maybe even Kyle Shanahan would say. Derek Carr gives us a better chance to win a Super Bowl than Jimmy Garoppolo does. The upside of, of Derek Carr is much higher than Jimmy Garoppolo. Derek Carr had a near MVP season in, in his on his resume. Like Jimmy Garoppolo has been a solid player. Mackenzie, remember you had that list of the
0: the quarterbacks by EPA or whatever it was. Yeah, since 2017. Yeah. Jimmy G's
2: also super high.
0: Yeah, can we can we see that that rating and just compare where Jimmy G and Derek Carr are in that time span? Yeah, sure. With with a near-MVP
2: season for Derek Carr. And that was 2017? No, I think he was talking
0: about, was it two years ago? uh, Last
2: year? Last year, a really good year.
1: Let me see. What was the year that he was, like, on his way to being the MVP?
2: Also— Because that year he got hurt, I think that was earlier. I think that was, like, 2015.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I think so,
2: too. All right, so what do we have? What year is this now you're going back to? We're doing 2017, just EPA— 2017 to, to now. Till so now, yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo is third behind Patrick Mahomes and Drew Brees. And we're looking at Derek Carr at 26th. But, hey, that's a team stat. Yeah, It is a team stat. So, the,
1: Jimmy Garoppolo has been on and one of the best I rosters understand. in the NFL.
2: Teams. Teams.
0: The team. Jimmy Garoppolo makes the team better. I, I would argue
1: against that. <laughs> Like, I, I don't think that's – like, does, is Brock Purdy making the 49ers better? Or is it the, the Niners have the best non-quarterback roster in the NFL for, like, the last five
0: years running? What were the number? what was Jimmy Garoppolo's numbers this year in terms of
1: – before he got hurt?
2: I know Brock Purdy's are slightly better. <laughs> yeah. but,
1: uh, like, where Derek I, – I would bet Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo are right even in QBR this year. Like I bet they were about the same.
0: Well, we have our handy-dandy QBR composite sheet, right?
1: In, in a year where Derek Carr is getting run out of town, uh, Derek Carr, 14th in QBR, Jimmy Garoppolo, 13th in QBR. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that was 2021. My bad. Let's uh, look at right. 2022. Hold on. No, but I think that's oh, good. Derek Carr, 14, Jimmy Garoppolo, 16. Okay. Very similar. Like, yeah. But yet Jimmy Garoppolo is like, oh, my God, I can't believe he got hurt. How can the Niners win without him? Derek Carr? We want you to leave the team and, like, not be around our rookie. How, where, how does that make sense? It doesn't.
0: I'm, uh, all right, let's make a bet here, okay? If he's traded, it's, okay, first of all, no, no bet if he's not traded. He's not going to be traded. I think he's going to okay. get released. Okay, so if he's traded, this is the bet. Over under pick number 32 as the highest asset in the trade. That would be a first-round pick. Yeah. So if, it, if a first-round pick is included, you win the bet. If a first-round pick is not included, I win the bet. And if he's not traded, no bet.
1: What if he's traded for a, a player on a rookie deal that was drafted in the first round?
2: Hmm, that's a tough one. I think, I think that counts as higher than the number 32 pick. So if if it, they're drafted within the last two years it
1: has
0: in to the be, first round. It
1: has to be... Has to be within the last two years. So if the if the Jets send back Zach Wilson in the deal. N- uh, no, because
0: that would be three years removed. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know if I like if that. If the Jets send like Brees Hall or Garrett Wilson right. in the deal, that would include yeah, it. No, they won't want that. No.
1: Hmm. All right, I'll run that deal. Why not? Why not? We, we got have ours we have ourselves we a, got bet. a bet. Another turn in the saga of the UFC gambling scandal. Uh, where James Krause, the the coach who is now suspended, the Glory MMA coach who's been suspended along with any fighters fighting for James Krause from the UFC, they are being he's being investigated uh, by multiple government agencies, including the FBI, and he, it's now been it's it's now come out that he was basically a an agent or a middleman for an offshore book to bring in more clients. And this is while he was also running his discord channel. Some people who paid over a thousand dollars up to $2,000 a month for betting information from James Krause had about 2000 subscribers. That's doing great. Yeah. And has said publicly, I make more money gambling on MMA than I do anything else. His fighters, he say, my fighters only make about twelve to fourteen thousand to fight, and twice that if they win. I have some guys making in the twenties, but even at that, you get ten percent of twenty grand—that's two K. I'm on the road every weekend, Wednesday to Sunday, to make two K a week. But he's, you know, he's driving a Porsche. Mm-hmm. He's dri- you know, his life ain't bad. He owns gyms. The I think the problem is now this Discord group. Uh, he in this group, he looked to take over accounts, and he was saying, "Hey, you give me an offshore account, um, and I'll give you our sharpest bets in your name, mm. and you send me this cut." And he said we, he promised to quote place our sharpest wedgers, no our wagers known as account takeovers or betting partnerships. So, is this guy still operating? Because I, I, you have his phone number. I do not
0: have his phone number. I'd
2: Like to get in on this? I do not. Does he want to work for pregame? Yeah. I but, mean, I'd
0: like to get in on this. I mean, I just gotta send them a portion of the winnings. But like, I mean, he's got the inside info. So but it's if
1: pretty you re- good. if you remember, there was a fight back in September where he he had a guy who uh, Derek Minner. No, it, it, oh, I guess it was November. He had a, a guy named Derek Minner in a fight. Massive amounts of money started pouring in. On the under under two-and-a-half rounds prop. Derek Minner uh, came into the the fight. This is a James Krause-coached fighter Mm -hmm. and had a torn ACL. No one knew about it. No one except James Krause and James Krause's Discord group knew about it. This is a bad look, and this is why now the UFC has banned fighters and coaches from betting on the sport at all. Uh, that was not the case, that, you know. Six months ago, even hmm. the rules are, are much more strict now. I mean, if there was a time when Canadian provinces were saying it's illegal to bet on on the UFC, right now, this is—I mean, that's a big deal, huge. So, of course, now the UFC's cleaned that up to the point where they're saying, "Hey, we've got a way to work this out of the game." But James Krause has said he, he's been quoted as saying he bet on every single card. Just about every fight. Wow! So he's like you. Well, I don't bet on every fight, <laughs> but I also I'm not coaching guys yeah. who I know have a torn ACL going into fights. You should be. I should. I mean, it's a great business if you can get it, but uh, but not a great look. So as this as this gets obviously this story is still unfolding. Derek Minner's declining to comment. He's like, if you want to talk to me, you got to talk to my lawyers. Mm. which is probably smart at this point because the FBI is talking to you. Once the FBI starts talking to you, uh, you probably don't want to talk to reporters. Seems like a good move. Um, But and McKenzie says, what should the UFC do? I think they've done what they can do. If you are coached by James Krause now, this has effectively ended his career as a coach, because if you're coached by James Krause, you can't fight for the UFC. Oh, okay. And to put that into perspective – Six months ago, James Krause was like, if you said name the top five like uh, coaches' rosters in mm-hmm. in the UFC, James Krause was in the top five. Who's, like uh, big, Brandon, the Brandon Moreno, who uh, is is about to have his fourth fight for the flyweight title. Uh-huh. Uh, this is one of the best young Mexican MMA fighters ever. Is a James Krause guy? Well, was a James Krause guy because now these guys have the option of saying, well. Do I fight with James Krause in my corner? And some of these guys, he's been their their coach for years and years. And you have to decide. Well, where is he based out of? Uh, Kansas City, or okay. su- there's Summit Valley, Missouri, or somewhere sure. somewhere around. I don't sure. know what the name of the little town is, but it's called Glory MMA, and it's grown into like a a destination. Like it's a uh, it, it, guys who sh- grow up in local gyms. When they're ready to go to the big time, mm-hmm. they leave their local gyms. They move to Kansas City. Albuquerque, New Mexico used to be this the destination. Well, I know there's gyms Guy, all over
0: the country. There's gyms move up in be- Canada,
1: there's gyms everywhere that
0: yeah. have a di- and they all have different specialties. Yeah. So what was what was James Krauss's specialty?
1: Well, James Krause, this is the crazy thing about James Krause. He was fighting professionally almost the entire time he was coaching. Okay. He just retired from fighting a little over a year ago. Hmm. Like he was still a very active fighter. But still, coaching these guys. I mean, he's a he's a not a championship level MMA guy. Yeah. But he was a really solid fighter. Had a good fighting career as well, which is now over, obviously. <laughs> so this there's a lot of uh, fallout from this. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But certainly, this news about him having betting partnerships and giving kickbacks uh, to anybody that you recommended, like if I, if he said, "Hey, AJ, you give me your account, I'm going to bet for you." Also, if you if you can bring Scott to give give me his account, I'll kick you some of the money. Like it's just, it's not a good look for a guy involved in professional athletics. Certainly, yeah
0: it's it seems like a, a, a betting slash fighting version of a Ponzi scheme, um, whatever he was trying to run there. And I think the worst part about it is there's already a lot of people that are uh, suspicious. Is the word I'm looking for? I guess mm-hmm. of betting on fights, yeah. and when you have a story like this, it look, it's not going to affect it. There's still going to be millions and millions of dollars bet on fights, but it doesn't do anything to dispel any fears of nefarious activities going on in the fight game.
1: So Jeff Molina... You used a lot of big words there, McKenzie. You did. Jeff Molina is a, a fighter who is currently suspended in Nevada. In most states, if you're suspended in Nevada, you can't fight in other states. Mm-hmm. They, they, Most of them will follow that. His quote was this. The insight Krause has in this sport is insane. He's trained with a lot of fighters, lives and breathes this sport as a coach fighter, and at times has the scoop on injuries, non-announced matchups, how fighters look in camp, etc. And this was him trying to talk people into joining the 1% club, that Discord group. Yeah. In stocks, this is called insider trading. In MMA betting, it's called James Krause. For the last six months, all my bills, including mortgage and car note, have been paid via Krause's picks. Do yourself a favor and join the VIP. So how do we get him to work for us? I (laughs) I think we wait until he's out from under the FBI investigation. Okay. Okay. That seems like the smart move anyway. Dude it seems to be locked in. But uh, Molina, Minner, <laughs> Krauss none of them wanted to talk to ESPN about this story, obviously, which, again, when you're under FBI investigation, probably don't take ESPN's call. I do not have that level of insider information. <laughs> I do get to talk to some coaches, and I get to, like, I do this. I, I'll talk to coaches that I know who have fighters fighting on the car. I'll say, how do they look? Now, I can't guarantee. I'm not coaching them directly. Yeah. They, they could be lying to and, me. And also— what's the coach going to say besides, oh, yeah, 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 he looks good, looks good. Uh, you'd be surprised. He looks ready, looks ready. You'd be surprised. He looks ready. Sometimes guys <laughs> will tell you, eh, you know, things have been better. Okay. Things have been better. Okay. But I, I do have the UFC Fight Night 217 is this weekend. I do have a play on the I've actually got a full package up uh, at pregame.com. But I got something for you guys that I'm going to give you right here on this pod. And I'm going to get – what should I get? Should I give him a dog? Like a a nice plus 200 bet? Does that sound fun? Yeah. Let's go with that. I'll go with Priscilla Cachoeira, plus 210. She's fighting Sajara Eubanks. And to be fair, I don't know that I've ever placed a wager on Sajara Eubanks. I am not a fan. She is a... At her best, she is a bully who's got some decent takedowns. Almost no depth to her game. The biggest problem is she fights at flyweight, except she's not supposed to be a flyweight. She rarely makes weight. She's had to cut off her dreadlocks to make weight before she's, she missed weight on the ultimate fighter finale, causing her to not win the ultimate fighter. She struggles to make this weight and she's 37 years old. Now. I don't know that's going to make it any easier for Priscilla Cachoeira has bad takedown defense and she could just get steamrolled by the bigger fighter here. But at two to one, I like the odds that she survives an early storm, and we see Sejara Eubanks absolutely gas in the late rounds. And Priscilla Cachoeira, who's won four out of her last five fights, gets a win here. Priscilla Cachoeira plus 210 on the curtain jerker, the first UFC fight of the new year. Wow. Uh, I'm going to take the dog in that one. I see that uh,
0: Khabib's cousin is fighting. He is, Umar. Umar Nurmagamenov. He's
1: 15-0 and 0 as a professional. And he's minus one thousand. Say, do you see the line there? <laughs> it's it's tough to bet on a guy, and the guy he's fighting is like a legit, you know, well rounded veteran guy. Like yeah. it's not like he's fighting some bum they found on the streets. This is a really good guy, in Hani Barcelos, and you know what? I, I, I think that Nurmagomedov is the right side. It's just. It's really difficult to lay. It's difficult to lay that money in in a parlay. Yeah, like you, it's, it's hard to find something to pair it with. Uh, maybe we throw that in with the Bills and the uh, yeah. and, and the Niners. Maybe that's the move. Bills, this Niners, Bengals, Nurmagomedov. There you go. That's a safe play. That's a lock. <laughs> I don't know. Does Cross approve? Well, we'll find out. I'll <laughs> yeah. I'll I'll, uh, I'll email his Discord channel. There was an interesting day in college basketball yesterday. There was. A heavy upset. The Ohio State Buckeyes were at home, 15 point favorites, and their host in Minnesota, who doesn't have a win in Big Ten play Ooh, until now. Womp, womp, womp. Minnesota wins outright as a 15 point dog. And you would think that would be one of the biggest upsets in college basketball history, <laughs> according to BYU Radio. Uh, BYU loses 75 74 to Gonzaga. Their post game starts with We just witnessed what was nearly one of the biggest upsets in college basketball history. They were six and a half point dogs, <laughs> and one of the biggest upsets in BYU program history. As six and a half point home dogs, do you think it would have been that huge of an upset? Let's slow down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but Julian Strother, Las Vegas's own Julian Strother, hits a three to put Gonzaga up one in the final seconds. They win by one, sending BYU home sad. And it's mostly sad because they didn't get to see one of the biggest upsets in the history of sporting games, yeah, this was a wild and ending and because
0: BYU had no business losing this game. They, they could not hold on to the basketball in the final minute thirty. They turned the ball over a couple of times. They uh, had a terrible um, possession that led to the Gonzaga taking the lead. And well, you know, there's, there's really, uh, really not much more to that. And they had a chance at the end. They're down 75-74, 9.8 seconds left, and have one of the worst final possessions that you'll ever see. Basically, one guy dribbled, didn't even pass it, got caught up in a triple team, and chucked up a three that wasn't even close. Just a, what? Just a horrible
1: final possession. Uh, I'll, I'll give a couple games of interest on today's card. Villanova, who is now sub-500. They are 8-9. and nine. They are at Butler. Villanova is catching a point in this game. The post-Jay Wright era Ooh. not going well for Villanova. But I think McKenzie will agree the game of the day is Yale at Cornell. Cornell, two-point favorites at home. They are 7-1, 7-1 at home. Yale, 4-4 and on the road. McKenzie, do you have any insight into this game? How should we feel about the Yaleys?
2: 44 in Ithaca. That is balmy. There's going to be a nice <laughs> bus ride up up the 95 there. But are they going to play outside? I hope not. <laughs> no, but I mean, New Haven's really one of the best winters. It never gets too cold, but Cornell is, is like Syracuse. It's a mosh pit up there. So a nice travel, you know, no delays, no having to you know put the chains on the tires of the bus. I think we're going to get this one.
1: All right. Well, there you go. So on McKenzie's word, Yale plus two, you know what? Because because red, big because red going down. Because of the weather. It, <laughs> it, you know, I, it makes sense to me. I guess I'm going to have to play it myself. Big red going down.
0: A good night for NHL underdogs last night. If the dogs you, were yeah, barking. Yeah, the dogs were barking on the ice. If you were so inclined to take some dogs, well, Seattle defeats Boston 3-0 for the first regulation loss for the Bruins at home this year. They were 19-0-3 at home this year. The Kraken with a 3-0 win, now 19-1-3, the Boston Bruins. uh, Also winning as an underdog, the Detroit Red Wings beating Toronto 4-1. How about Montreal? On a night they honored P.K. Subban before the game, they defeated Nashville 4-3 as plus-145 dogs. And the Chicago Blackhawks. Plus 262, maybe higher, depending on where you looked. Defeat the Colorado Avalanche 3-2 to on a night where Peter Mrazek was in net for Chicago and Sam Montemblanc was in net for Montreal. Both players picked up wins. I gotta venture that's the first time that's ever happened.
1: Well, Mrazek, Peter Mrazek used to be good.
0: Mrazek only has two wins on the season, so it's pretty. Uh, it, it, you would have to look back at those other two games <laughs> to see if uh, Montemblat won on those two games. But you, Mrazek is
1: literally like the second worst rated goalie. Third worst rated goalie. He's he's behind our boy Elvis. Am I wrong that like five years ago he was considered like one of the young up and coming goalies? Like he was a pretty solid guy. Yeah, five years ago I also weighed one ninety. Yeah,
0: you know times change. Yeah, don't I, they? I weigh two thirty now. So yeah. you know things happen. Um, But, yeah, this was a, a rare occasion where the dogs did very, very well on the ice. The heavy dogs did well. Only three games on the schedule tonight. The Penguins host the Jets, Pittsburgh minus 180. The Devils are in Anaheim to take on the Ducks, New Jersey heavy favorite, minus 278. And the Oilers at the Sharks, Edmonton, minus 160.
1: Let's go to the NBA. And, McKenzie, I, th- I think the game of the night last night was the double OT thriller between the Mavs and the Lakers, I saw this score pop across in the first half, and I said, "Well, that's embarrassing." I think at the time it might have been thirty-six to seventeen Dallas when I saw it in the first quarter, and I said, "This is uh, this is not a happy sight if you're a Laker fan." And then turns out goes to double OT. What happened? What what the Mavericks? How did the Mavericks let this game go, and then how they win it?
2: Well, you sent a screenshot to the boys, me included, with the starting lineup, and it was historically awful for the Lakers. So it, it understands why the Mavericks won the first quarter by 19 points. Toscano Anderson, who's a, you know, really nice tenth man for the Warriors in last year's finals. <laughs> really important raw rah guy. But Russell Westbrook, give him props. He, you know, had a big win last week with when Schroeder with James was out. And he was probably the second best Laker, if not the best Laker in this game. You know, twenty-eight points, seven rebounds. So he 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 sparked the Lakers that were asleep, and I think the Mavericks just slept walk, and that's why they, they let him back in the game, and then they got their shit together in overtime.
1: And of course, Luca hits a clutch three, actually hits two of them late. He pulled uh, a
2: Kobe. He's like, let me make this close, and let me hit the game winner, and that way I have an extra, you know, highlight. Are, are we
1: still looking at him as the MVP? Like, is or is someone else that I'm just not? I'm not. I it's guess.
2: probably the best class of MVP candidates. I think Nikola Jokic. I know he have the fatigue because he just won it two years in a row. I think the fact that the Nuggets have the best record in the West. And he's putting up numbers that are Luca-esque. I think he's got to be the front runner, but Luca's right there.
1: Yeah, I worry about that fatigue. And then before Kevin Durant's injury, he was in that conversation as Go well. Down. So it's, I mean, it, you're right. It is a fantastic crop for this year. Uh, Damian Lillard scores 50 points. That's a lot. And my Cavs still handled business. Take that sucker. As the uh the Cavs say 50. No problem, friend. Ricky Rubio says, I'm going to come in here, I'm going to save the day, and the Cavs get the win over the Blazers. And McKenzie, the other question I wanted to ask you, it looks like, like Jalen Brown is going to be out for a little while with an adductor strain. Uh, it could be a week or two. What's the value of a guy like Jalen Brown to the line? Uh, he scored 41 uh, on Wednesday
2: night against the, against the Pelicans. H- how important is he to the spread? Last year, I had him at two points. I bumped him up to three points. Uh, a couple weeks ago, they asked Jason Tatum, what do you think about Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen compared to you guys? Of course, nobody's Michael Jordan, but I thought he kind of sold Jalen Brown short. He's scoring 30 points a game on great efficiency. Not a lot of guys in NBA history have done that, and he's been you know a plus defender. Uh, yeah, we're three points to the line. They're going to miss him.
1: And I guess I'll, I'll ask you this while we've got you. The... The NBA All-Star voting is going on right now. You are probably more equipped than either of us to say, this is wrong, this shouldn't be the case, or this is the right thing. Uh, the, the Western Conference front court players LeBron, Jokic, and Davis, is that fair or unfair to someone?
2: No, no real snubs there. I mean, maybe... Um... Yeah, maybe LeBron gets it because of the reputation. Maybe he's, you know, the next guy in the fourth, but it's not a terrible mistake, in my opinion.
1: Well, and remember, it's 50%. The fan vote is 50%. No doubt. The guards, Steph Curry and Luka. I know Steph's missed a lot of time with injury. Is that snubbing a particular Western Conference guard?
2: I think John Moran will have something to say, but it's not a snub, in my opinion. And then in the East, the front court, Giannis Tatum, Embiid.
1: The back court, Kyrie, Donovan Mitchell. Any beefs there?
2: I think Tyree Halliburton has been a more important. To the Pacers than Kyrie Irving has been to the Nets. He's their most important player. Twenty and ten, not something you see every day. I think he should be a starter.
1: Where's Trey Young? Is he uh, is he, is he having an off year? Trey I thought Young, twenty
2: eight points per game. He's probably the least liked guy in the NBA right now. Very disappointing season. I think you know he had that one run in the playoffs. We're like, oh, this guy's this guy's legit. This guy's clutch. Now everybody's turning on him. Everybody's like, this guy's a stats guy. This guy's not a team guy. And uh, when you're losing, that's what they're going to say about you when you take that many 40-footers.
1: That's what they say about me. I'm a, st- I'm a stats guy. No, I'm a, not a team guy. I'm a chucker. Speaking of Trey Young and Tyrese Haliburton, they'll be playing each other today. Yes. Nice. Uh, and Trey Young's Hawks, two-and-a-half-point favorites at the Pacers. Pelicans, four-and-a-half-point favorites at the Pistons. Scots, New York Knicks, minus three-and-a-half at York, the Wizards. York, the Warriors, minus eight. 8 at the Spurs. Thunder plus 5 at Chicago. Suns plus 3 at the Timberwolves. Magic catching 6 at the Jazz. The Rockets plus 10.5 at Sacramento. And the Nugs plus 1.5 at the Clippers.
0: Before we get out of here, AJ, I want to mention a story that uh, didn't get a lot of attention yesterday, but should as we get closer and closer to spring training in Major League Baseball. You and mean like is,
1: once football gets over, we'll start talking absolutely.
0: about it. Absolutely. Uh, and that is that starting this year, all 30 AAA ballparks will be using an electronic strike zone. Robo umpires are here in AAA for 2023. The way it's going to work is that half the league or half of AAA is going to be using All electronic strike zones. So they're going to call every pitch. The other half is going to have regular umpires call the games and utilize the challenge system that we saw in some independent leagues uh, this year. The way the challenge system works is teams get three challenges a game. If you're right on a challenge, you don't lose it. And you can do this on balls and strikes? Correct. So basically, if if you're the batter and you feel like there's a bad call, you step out of the box. You call time. You call for a challenge. The robo ump reviews it, and it's determined. It's like tennis. Okay. Like you see, you know, yeah, yeah. Where they, they show if the, the replay. Last
2: longer, they hours. They adjourn and come back the next day, right? Yeah, no worries. Yeah. No, they're okay
0: with that. They show the replay <laughs> in tennis. They show the replay where the ball, you know, hits the line, and it's, and the crowd
1: goes, ah. Oh. If yeah. it, it, here's my question. If the player has beef with the robot ump, can the manager come out and kick dirt on the robot ump? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's got to be something like that. It's going to be less great. By the way, the minor leagues is where the best managerial ejections happen.
0: Yeah, yeah. just look at Wally Backman. Uh, I personally would rather have the challenge system than just complete robo-umpires. Because there are times where the robo-ump gets it wrong, too. Uh, But I think having the human element is one of the great things in Major League Baseball except when it's egregious and there have been numerous accounts and you just go on Twitter and you follow the the umpire reports. The Welcome to the Ump Show is a great account they show you. And you can see, especially Angel Hernandez, how bad some of these missed strike and ball calls are. Putting the onus on the players to have the ability or even the coaches or whoever's monitoring the game having the ability to utilize a challenge I think is a great way to marry the two.
1: I like to think all these umpires are retiring because they realize the robots are better at the job.
0: Maybe. Maybe. And you know what? Before long? They need younger umpires, though, too. Like, and this is a problem. It's not just in baseball. It's in all of sports. You think it's bad eyes? It's that, too. Yeah, but I think that the sports have gotten faster. You know what I want? A lady ump. Sure. Why not? I'm ready.
1: Yeah. I'm ready. I think the world is
0: ready. But they, in all of sports, they're looking for younger umpires. Like, uh, it, it, younger officials. Like, I know the NHL in particular, the game has gotten so fast that, like, they are literally trying to hire, you know, former players that are, like, right out of the league that, that, you know, or or players that fizzle out in the minors that are interested in becoming officials.
1: I wish I could remember what—I was watching very low-level college basketball two nights ago, and the game I was watching, suddenly there were only two officials on the floor, and they didn't address it for a little while. And then finally, they said one of the officials like had to get medical attention, and so they're running a two-man crew going forward. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, yeah, look at these old dudes. dudes. Yeah,
0: look, you have, so there's a lot of older gentlemen out there that are officials in these games. Yeah. And, you know, in the NFL, the NFL's starting to get younger. You're starting to see some younger officials uh, make their way into the NFL. But yeah, I think it all across all of sports, people need to start taking officiating as a serious career and get into it at a young age.
1: You know what? I wish younger Scott would have said, "I'm gonna be an I'm gonna be an umpire someday." You know what my son does on the days he's not playing or practicing? He goes in umpire. He games. Hopes. There you go. Makes a whopping think thirty dollars a game.
0: My nephew does uh, soccer. Uh, he when thinks he, when he's good. when he's not playing, he refs. He refs. Uh, I mean, he's 50, he's fifteen now. He refs like the the ten year old kids, yep. you know, nine year olds. So. My kids like, let me pick up your shift. All right. <laughs> yeah.
2: so two questions. One, have you ever heard of anyone that wanted to be an umpire or referee? Second question, because the answer is no. <laughs> what it's true. would the salary need to be for you as a kid to be like, yep, I want to do that. 500K a year, I think that's what I want to go. I think I can do it. I can achieve it.
1: Sure. Do you remember watching the- I'll be honest. If I could get my current salary to be a, a, a Major League Baseball umpire. Free travel. For, yeah, I think I'd do it. I'd need a little bit more. I might
2: change careers. I <laughs> know. I mean, it's it's available to you. <laughs> I you would got a good it. eye, man. I would do it. I have a terrible eye, though. They want
1: younger guys. Yeah. I'm I'm getting up there, no, Mackenzie. I,
2: to dream as a as a teenage kid and growing up, I would need a you would need to be like a million dollars a year before I'm like that's something I want to do. What what, sport, do what do you think so? You? Because I, think about no, this, everybody, Mac. just me.
1: Think about you as a kid, like 12 year old McKinsey. If I said, okay, here's what I'm going to tell you, Mackenzie. this is what's known. This is I'm I'm telling you now you're not going to be, not an gonna be in the NBA. <sighs>
2: that's tough to this as out. I know okay. I know, but I'm just telling you
1: this is a fact. Yeah, you yeah, won't yeah, be yeah. an NBA player. However, but you could be at the NBA games every night and be around these NBA players. You could be you know talking to Michael Jordan before tip off. Like you're you're telling me it young, wouldn't be a
2: bad job. It's just that's I'd what be I'm like, saying. I want to be a writer. I want to be something else with the NBA before I want to be a referee. It's just. I mean, what's the big payoff? Like, just doing a good job at the end of the day. Both teams played hard.
1: Ask Tim Donahue. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There's Why was payoff, Tim Donahue doing pal. what he was
2: doing? Because they don't pay enough. If they paid more, we'd get more people that are interested, better refs.
1: That's probably
0: true. And Maybe that's what we're doing. Hey, I mean, NFL refs are like all lawyers, right? And that's then they, true. It's just like their weekend job wow. is going to be an NFL official. All right. Well, here's what is uh, a great value besides being, you know, an official at a professional level. That's being a member of Pregame.com. Oh, yeah. If you go to Pregame.com and you are not a member, sign up now. Get your free $25. Why? Because it's free? It's for me. No, it's for you. Sign up. Get a free $25. Use it on the Best Bet Package. And if you are a Pregame.com member already, you've used your free $25, take 20% off of anything you'd like at Pregame and use our promo code SUPER20. SUPER20, going to give you 20% off. Anything you like at Pregame.com. Just go ahead, sign up if you haven't already. But if you have, use Super 20, get 20% off. And whether it's McKenzie's NBA, AJ's MMA package this weekend, I got hockey going on. So there's always something available. Big NFL this weekend. Super wild card weekend. I've heard it called that. You definitely want to check it I out. I hate you so much. Wait a minute, super much. Pre- Wild weekend? So That's much. why the promo is Super 20. Did you catch on? Yeah, I got like, it. Like I did that because of the you know, I Super got Wild Card weekend. Yeah, we all got I'm so it. I'm almost there. Super 20 is the promo code at freeGame.com. Good for you, the listeners of Straight Out of Vegas. Have a great, profitable, safe weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday as we preview the Monday night game between the Bucks and the Cowboys. Straight out of Vegas. AM.